Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. Time for Silver and Black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas! We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field and bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. All right, welcome back, Raider Nation. It is time for Silver and Black today. An Odyssey original podcast. This is the post-game edition. The Raiders, a 26-20 to victor over the Minnesota Vikings in the team's first preseason game at home at Allegiant Stadium. Hi, everybody. This is Scott Branson. And as always, on our post-game show, joined by two gentlemen of, two gentlemen's, gentlemen, of course, that is plural, though. I guess it's bad English, but that's okay. Uh, we're back with my regular partner, Mo Moten, and, of course, the voice of the fan, our good friend Murph from Raider Fan Radio. If you don't subscribe yet to Murph's channel, please go do that. It is great content. Uh, don't want to miss it. Murph, Mo, we're back at it. Football, uh, just a few days past a week ago, the Raiders kicked off in Canton, but now they get down to the nitty-gritty uh, as they come home and face the Vikings. And to me, kind of a mixed bag night, as you would expect in the preseason. You're not looking for perfection. I know a lot of fans uh, in Raider Nation get geared up over it. But Murph, let's start with you. When you uh, look at this game, give me your instant reaction, positives uh, and deltas or negatives, things that the Raiders still need to work out. Uh, so I'll, I'll give you a negative right off, right off the front. How about this? Didn't we move away from Oakland so we didn't have to play on a dirt field anymore? <laughs> like, what was the deal with the start out there, Amen. man? Like, I'm, Amen. I'm like, come on. Like, it's, it's, we've got this big, beautiful, gorgeous state. I guess they had a soccer game or something out there, but like, I don't know, I guess it's preseason. So they decided not to water the grass or something. I don't know. But like, but that looked kind of sketchy. But uh, outside of that, like, um, you know, I thought overall the team looked pretty good. Uh, you know, not enough butlers on the team either. Apparently, everybody <laughs> on defense is named Butler. That like I had to get out my freaking like you know my roster here like a couple of times and be like, okay, now wait, we have two butlers that are defensive tackles and like, anyways. But um, yeah, it was uh, I early on. Uh, all kidding aside, early on the, on the game, the team looked fresh. That crispness that we saw against the Jaguars, I felt like we saw a lot of that. Um, you know, interesting that we saw some more starters on defense, like, you know, seeing Merrick and, and Abram start um, and especially the way that, uh, that Abram was flashing around the line of scrimmage. And, you know, I'm really rooting for that guy. Like to me, he just like, 
he just oozes Raider. Like, I really want that guy to be good. And so I'm really rooting for him to, to pick up in his coverage skills and be able to play safety effectively. And so anyway, see, so seeing that, um, then once the, the kind of like the, the twos came out of the game and we got into our threes and fours, got a little sketchy there, uh, you know, in the third <laughs> quarter, you know, but, uh, but other than, other than that, I mean, you know, a wins a wins a win. And you know, it's a preseason and it's always good to see the Raiders on the field. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, I, I agree with you. I thought some things went really well at the beginning. I thought the offense overall played really well at, at times. Of course, they had moments like everybody else, and we'll get into the offensive line in a minute. But, Mo, it started off well for the defense at first. We saw Malcolm Coons kind of all over the field. Uh, we saw some of the other players out there really, I thought, uh, excelling. Then we get to the second quarter, and it seems to fall off a cliff. Uh, tell me your positive, negatives, instant reaction. Big negative for me, second quarter, uh, third quarter, run defense fell apart. They they painfully missed Bilal Nichols and Jonathan Hankins on the inside. Butler and Neil Farrell just aren't doing enough inside. The Butlers, how many whatever there are on that defense, aren't doing enough. Uh, that run defense was was poor at some point in the game, and the Vikings were gashing them. And I tweeted this, that the Vikings were winning at the line of scrimmage. The Raiders' offense also was bailed up by a lot of penalties in the first half. I believe they were averaging three yards per play at the end of the first half. Uh, thankfully, they cleaned it up in the second half, got it together. The offense got some rhythm with Nick Mullins. I thought he had a pretty good day. Uh, my guy, Amik Robinson, man. I, I, It's hard to defend him at this point. Had a bit on a play action, had a penalty. Uh, not a great day for him, but positive Thayer Mumford I wrote about him on sports not I said the rise of Thayer Mumford is coming and it's and it's here he looked pretty good at right tackle and it's pretty troubling I know a lot of people are trying to downplay it but to see Al Sutherwood in there protecting Chase Gabers uh there was a tweet out there our guy Austin Gale said only two first rounders from from the, the past draft were playing in the second half and that was Al Sutherwood and Peyton Turner of the New Orleans Saints so Usually with a guy, especially with Leatherwood, you're trying to develop him. You want him against tougher competition. That's why you want him on the field again early in the game. The fact that he was in late, it's a troubling sign for him. Yeah, it is. And and I, too, I mean, we I was texting you, Mo, during the game, too, about Robertson there as well. And and overall, you're right. We, we had a bunch of folks message us during the game saying, hey, listen, what happened uh, again, this 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 inter interior of the defense is not creating that push up the middle. Now, we talked about in previous shows, uh, Mo and I did, Murph and I know you guys did as well, Raiders banged up up front there. They just don't have enough bodies right now, but the bodies they do have don't seem to be creating what they're going to need because with Mad Max on the outside and Chandler Jones, when they do play in the regular season, okay, great, but you still need the push up the middle. Yeah, so that was go ahead, Mercer. Sorry, I was. I thought Pecco looked pretty good though. Billings had a had a had a, a, couple, a few decent plays, but Pecco looked fantastic. He was stopping uh, guys there at the line of scrimmage. He had that one uh, batted pass. I mean, like I thought, you know, he was there was one play even that the running back got through to the into the secondary and he chased him down and uh, for a tackle. So I mean, that seems to be a pretty good signing that we uh, that we got there picking him up from the Titans. Yeah, so I think Petco will probably be a depth player when the when the season when the final roster winds down. The issue is once you start getting into the regular season, you start getting to the top backs in the league. First week you were going to run into Austin Eckler. You know, eventually you're going to get into some bigger backs. You're going to need those bigger bodies back there. Hankins oh, yeah. and Bilal Nichols are going to be have to be playing at their top if the Raiders are not going to go out and get help for the interior of the defensive line. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and then you look at some of the other things I want to touch on, guys, that, that really, uh, I thought, stuck out at me 
And one, you know, it's not something you usually talk about because it tends to go behind so much of what you focus on on offense, so much of what you focus on defense, and that is special teams, right? Special teams, we saw another long run. Coach Tom McMahon comes in from Green Bay, and so far in these two games that you've seen these two big runs, you've seen some kind of um, sloppiness out there on special teams, whether it's punts, whether it's kickoffs, uh, and that's that's concern because, okay, yes, it's the first preseason game, uh, but they seem to have gone a little bit backward there. It seems to, isn't it interesting, too, because we brought in so many guys that, I don't know, is it, and I don't, I didn't pay, or not able to pay enough attention on special teams to see exactly who's in there, but is that the, like, the, the guys that we're going to see in the regular season? Because we brought in so many of these players that, you know, the, the Patriot guys, they're all like beasts in terms of like special teamers. So uh, that's interesting to, to, that you bring that up because like what, which guys were actually out there? Are these like the third and fourth string guys that are going? And then, and then speaking of special teams though, much respect to AJ Cole, man, dude's got oh. a boot. That, oh, oh yeah. Those, oh, yeah. those, at least those three guys between Trent Sig, AJ Cole and Daniel Carlson will, you know, for, forget about the extra point that he missed. But like outside of that, like those three guys are money. Yeah, Mo, I mean, you look at this, and and yes, to answer your question, Murph, there are some guys out there that are not quote-unquote stars, but there was a lot of starting special teams players out there, especially during that uh, that long kickoff return, and that's what has a concern is just you've seen so much focus, and even, even when there's failure, you see the execution there uh, by offense, defense, but on special teams, it seems to just be trailing. Is that is that me just piling on, Mo, or did you see that too? No, it's not just you piling on, but when you go from Rich Basachi, who's regarded as one of the best special teams uh, coaches in the league, to Atomic mm-hmm. Man, there's going to be a there's going to be a drop off. But to Merce, to answer Merce's question, yeah, those are those are going to be your guy, your second, third string guys that are going to be on special teams. Your you know your fourth linebacker, your your fifth, sixth defensive lineman, stuff like that. But with one special team I do want to give a shout out to DJ Turner, who also made some plays on yep. offense. He had a good return. I think he's going to be at the back of the roster. He's going to be one of those guys I think that's going to make the team because of special teams. Yeah, no question. And I think that uh, those, I mean, listen, this is what these games are for. So, I again, you see fans that overreact, right? And I think there were fans overreacting to some of the things. They're in midseason form already. I mean, I get it. You want your team to win. You want your team to look good. But, again, it's practice. This is glorified practice, just so people remember, number one. Number two, um, though, I think there are real concerns. We talked about special teams. We talked about, again, for the last five weeks in a row, the offensive line. So we look at the offensive line performance tonight. Um, Dylan Parham was, I think, a good example of, of what went right. Yes, he made mistakes, but going in there at center, he played a couple different positions, actually. I thought he did pretty well. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on that. I thought Alex Leatherwood was not impressive again. Um, he was in there. He did make some nice plays playing against number twos and threes, mostly, uh, and mostly number threes. And so I'm really concerned there. And there's there's no more clarity for me, Murph, on that right side at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And you got to think, you know, last week when, when, when we talked about the idea of the Raiders bringing in another tackle, I was like, no, I think, that, think that we might be kind of set, you know, but I don't know, man. Now it's like, I think, and there's so many good ones that are still out there, right? Like yeah. there's, there's, I mean, five or six offensive tackles out there that we, that we could get at a minimum to have to be swing players. Um, but yeah, I think it's a concern, especially like you said, seeing Leatherwood and then like Illuminor was, was what kind of struggled versus what he, he did against the Jaguars. So, so that was, that was very interesting though. But on the, on the positive side though, 
Um, shout out my guy Lester Cotton again, though, man, blowing yeah. up holes for Zeus White. Like that guy, like how refreshing is that? Like we hear we were thinking that like guard was gonna be kind of be the maybe even more questionable spot than tackle. And now here, look at this guy. He's really stepped up and is playing fantastic. He had that hold, uh, but I thought he was pretty decent for a guy playing on both sides of the line. I think he's going to be the Raiders' new version of Denzel Good. He can play inside. He can play outside. You can plug him in a guard or right tackle. But I think he's probably going to be a backup. Alex Bars, I don't mean to shout out anybody for negative reasons, but Alex Bars, to me, worries me. He gave up three pressures <laughs> against the Jaguars. Didn't look good today. So I think the Raiders, again, still need to address their offensive line. Now, I know a lot of people are trying to say downplay and say, well, they're fine there. They're just trying to figure out, you know, who, which one of their guys in-house can fill certain roles. I, I say you just bring in some help. Alex Bars doesn't give me a lot of confidence. As I mentioned, Alex Edward playing late in the game, protecting for Chase Garbers does not give me a lot of confidence, even though Thayer Mumford looked good. You still need some depth. You still need some help in that position group. And I think the Raiders, they have the money. Why not just go out and just bring in some veteran insurance, especially if you're not tied to, you're not like on the lower end of the cap space wrong. So again, you have the resources, use it for a position of need. Yeah, and Murph, you mentioned the positive, right? Uh, uh, Cotton looked good out there. Also, Munford looked good as well at times, uh, which I think is, is a big plus. But again, I, and it, we, we talk about this being practice games, but I think when you have big question marks like you have on the right side of the offensive line, you're, you're looking for depth. You're looking for somebody who wants the job bad enough that they perform at a level that you say, wow, okay, this guy's starting to pull and lead. Just like we saw again with Jarrett Stidham at quarterback, right, for the backup to Derek Carr. Um, when you look at this, I mean, there's still cause for concern. I think as you go on, you got two weeks left in the preseason uh, before we start to think about regular season game in that September 11th opener against the Chargers. Um, what's your level of concern, Murph, now after seeing this squad play for two games? Well, you know, I always – just I hate to pick on the one spot, but I think it's that that tackle spot has got to be, yeah. you know, and, and like, and I was like, you know, hollering all the off season about like, leave Alex Leatherwood alone. Like, you know, everybody criticized Colton Miller too. And like these guys, sometimes it takes a little bit to develop and, you know, Raider nation needs, you know, quit being so impatient. And all that. But now it's kind of like, all right, at this point, you know, seeing him play at, uh, you know, in at the, the, the depth that he was and against the players that he was going up against and not playing really well. I don't know how you can't not be concerned. So, you know, all these, you know, Patriot influences that we have going on uh, with the team now, why don't we like sign like a Nate Solder? And maybe like that's kind of like maybe the plan that they're going to get these younger guys as many reps as they possibly can, try to get them as much work, trying to get them as much development. At the end of the day, if they're going to sign a free agent tackle, well, you don't want them getting all banged up because they're going to be an older guy, right? You want them getting all banged up in, in, uh, in preseason stuff, you know, and so – I'd imagine, like, does that just make sense to me that that's if there, there was going to be a move to be made there, it's somebody like that where you could just about plug and play them, yeah? Absolutely. And 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 I know we both, we said that, all three of us said that last week. Mo, you've been really on top of, hey, go get somebody, bring somebody in. Uh, they have not done that yet. Is this the week they finally do it with cuts coming up this week? I think it's possible after you see two preseason games. I'm worried about the Raiders in the trenches. They have, again, Bilal Nichols, Jonathan Hankins, not back yet. They're on the pup. We talked about the offensive line endlessly. Three guys to name. Daryl Williams, Eric Fisher, <laughs> Bobby Massey. Three right tackles the Raiders can pick up and bring in right now, and they can probably compete for starting reps. So those are the guys I'm looking at. But as far as the problems are concerned with the Raiders, it's in the trenches for me. But to, just to balance it out and point out the positives, and I tweeted this, Zero turnovers in both games. 
Six penalties in a Hall of Fame game, four penalties today. The Raiders are a disciplined football team. I think Beth Mowens mentioned it. They, they were the more disciplined team against the Vikings today. No question. And Murph, that's a great point, too, because I think that one of the things, the, the common threads through the conversations we've had thus far has been around that focus, that that kind of uh, business that's going on in the building for for this Raiders team now under Josh McDaniels. And we saw it again to most point about the about the penalties, but also just how this team plays uh, and, and you see them, how they go about it. There seems to be just a different swagger in the red zone, even though they struggled the first time down there. There seems to be just this conviction that you didn't see over the last couple of years. Yeah, it's and in, in it was like in the first half, like, we're actually benefiting from penalties. Like we're getting drives <laughs> extended. Cause like, I'm like, wait a minute. Like what is, what world is this? Like, you know, it was like in like bizarro land here. It's like the thing, all the things that plagued us for years and years and years happened to the Vikings today in terms of penalties and extending drives. So like, even though we didn't punch it in on that, uh, on that first drive, but we went like what, 15 plays or whatever. And so, th- so that was, that was definitely encouraging. Like the, the, to see the Raiders get the ball, control the ball and, uh, and, and the other team making the mistakes. Uh, that, that was, that was definitely encouraging. And yeah, and I'm with you. Like, it seems like just like the, the, the overall, you know, body language and stuff. I'm big on body language, man. I'm big on trying to like read, yeah. you know, reading that those nonverbal communications and seeing the way that the Raiders are acting on the sideline, you know, a lot of smiles, a lot of camaraderie, a lot of, uh, what's this celebration? This I've, I've seen this now that they're doing this. I don't know what that is. It's like a reverse face palm thing. I don't know. I'm too old to know what that is. Somebody Mo, can you explain it to us old guys? Yeah, I, I, I saw Mac Collins do it, and I was yeah. trying to figure out what that is. I'll, I'll get yeah. an answer for you on the next show. Okay, thanks. Yeah, because AJ Cole <laughs> was doing it. Like I saw a handful of guys doing that now. But anyways, but yeah, like you see this like <laughs> like this light spirit. Uh, Darren Waller this last week had, uh, uh, was on the Bussin' with the Boys podcast and talked a lot about about Mac Collins and about how like he's kind of like a trippy guy and like you know and they were talking about on the broadcast tonight or even I think it was Matt Millen said that like he's the hippie on the team or whatever. Like, I just love like this to me, like I love players like that. Cause that's what screams Raider to me. Raiders used to be tough and weird. Like that's what, if you look at all the classic Raiders of the seventies and even in the, into the eighties, they were weird dudes and they were badasses. So like the idea that like, that's could we kind of reconnect with some of that. I'm a huge fan of that when we can reconnect with the history and the legacy of the team. And if these are the kind of players that are going to exude that on the sideline, like I'm here for all that. Yeah, and we saw Mac Hollins. You mentioned him, Mo. Uh, a great opportunity against special teams. Uh, although uh, Matt Millen seemed to think that he's the the front runner for the wide receiver for that role, I don't think that's actually true. I love Matt Millen. Amazing, the man knows more about football than I ever will. But uh, I just didn't agree with him on that one and a couple other ones. And you saw Turner come out tonight. Uh, let's talk about the running back room, okay? Britton Brown, nice little game tonight as well. All those people who were so angry about about Josh Jacobs carrying the ball last week didn't have to worry tonight about that problem, right? Uh, but man, I'll tell you what, it's that's what you want. You want a room, whether it's the wide receiver room, the running back room, wherever, you want it to be full so that you're making the best choice. Um, what did you think, Mo, of the running backs tonight? Who kind of stuck out? Who's starting to fall back maybe in that race? Or is it just too close to call at this point through two games? Did you guys see Marcus out? I mean, Austin Walter out there running <laughs> the football Walter. looked yes. pretty good. Looked pretty good, as you said. Brent Brown also looked pretty good. I think, but I think both of those guys probably end up on the practice squad because, as you said, the running back room is just full. But I think something to note here: Amir Abdullah didn't take any snaps. Yeah, Josh Jacobs didn't take any snaps. 
Josh, uh, Kenyon Drake got a lot of work. I think now people will worry about are the Raiders showcasing Josh Jacobs in that Hall of Fame game? I think they were showcasing Kenyon Drake here because they're on the hook to pay him regardless. They restructured his deal. So it seemed like he was going to be on the roster unless the Raiders can trade him. So I think him getting some work early was, was the Raiders showcasing for a trade if they can deal him because it seems like Amir Abdullah has that pass catching role. I know the MMQB's Albert Burris said that Amir Abdullah is basically the leader in the clubhouse for that James White role, that pass catching uh, running back around the backfield. So with him and Bolden, Bolden has a two-year deal. Usually you don't sign a guy to a two-year deal and then release him. So he's probably safe. And I wrote in the piece that it's probably between Amir Abdullah and Kane Drinker. Right now, it looks like Amir Abdullah is in the lead. Him not getting any work today was a big sign that big sign that he's going to be on the 53-man roster this year. Yeah, it's very interesting. How about you, Murph? Um, looking at these running backs, man, it's a nice. We know this offense. We talked about it before. We know this offense. They're going to use running backs in very different ways than we saw under John Gruden. And boy, you like these these young kids are just running up and down the field, showing a lot of moxie. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, I think it's awesome, you know, and, and I and I I agree with Mo there. When you look at Abdullah and uh, and Kenyon Drake, that's kind of like they're not the, the exact same player, but very similar skill set. And so, uh, and we saw what Abdullah was able to do in the open field uh, in the Hall of Fame game. And then here, you know, Kenyon Drake's been been with the team. For, I know he was hurt last year for a long, long time, but um, you know, it's just nice to see that like there's we can make a move there. And so I'm I'm with you. I don't I don't know if there's a, a world where they're I don't know they can. Uh, if you're going to keep them, I mean, you can't keep all these guys, right? I mean, I think right. Britton Brown ends up on the practice squad. Um, uh, Austin Walter, that's the new Chris Warren Jr., the third, right? <laughs> that's our new guy. That's going to be our new fan favorite in the offseason. Yeah. Um, everybody's going to go, we need to start this guy, but we 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 won't. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, but I, seeing the way that that uh, we're using the running backs, the only thing, if I, could, if I could be critical about one thing, I can't stand – the toss play on short yardage. We used to do that with oh. Marshawn all the time. It'd be yeah. like third and one and they toss it to him. It's like, okay, Marshawn, go run eight yards to gain one to get the first <laughs> down. And so it's like, when you're inside the red zone, just punch that damn thing in there. Like to me, yeah. like just run. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so, and I, and I think that's what you get Zemir White for is, is, is be able to do stuff like that. Not, and not, and Josh Jacobs is a, is a pretty strong runner as we know in between the tackles and short yardage, but just like, I hope that's not like a thing for this offense is to toss it out there all the time. We're on like the five yard line. Like, quit it with that. <laughs> well, and we know too, uh, and we heard from last game. And then of course this game too. the first half, Josh McDaniels, who will call the plays during the season. Uh, and then Nick Lombardi called the plays in the second half. Uh, and, and you see the consistency there overall and, and using the running game, you know, they really went to it uh, as they, as they were keeping Minnesota off the field. They were even as, as, as even the troubles the defense had overall, Minnesota wasn't exactly lighting it up on offense, but, but you look on that side of the ball too, Mo, and we look at wide receivers, uh, DJ Turner, you mentioned him with a nice uh, 30 plus yard uh, touchdown grab uh, earlier in the game. Uh, who else, who else there too? I think again, uh, if you look at Tyron Johnson, I think he's one of those guys. I, I like what he's doing there, but is he doing enough? Is he showing out enough or because of who he is and what he's done in the past, does he have an inside track or is this thing still uh, just a race till the end? 
it's too close to call. I don't think anyone's really separated themselves because you had multiple guys who had some highlight moments. Demarcus Robinson climbing up for that big reception to set up the Raiders to go for it on fourth down and convert. Uh, Keelan Cole got a lot of work. I mentioned and we mentioned DJ Turner on offense and special teams. So I don't think anyone really separated themselves. When it comes down to it, I think Josh McDaniels is going to wind up rotating guys in that wide receiver three spot anyway. We all we already know it's Devonta Amsterdam Hunter Renfro, but I think you're going to see a mix and match of guys. Mac Hollins, Keelan Cole, Demarcus Robinson, maybe DJ Turner all take that wide receiver three spot based on matchups every week. No doubt about it. Um, what else, guys? What else? I want you guys just call it out. Anything else? Um, Murph, I see you looking at your notes. Uh, what else did uh, popped out at you? Was it the I mean, you talked about the field, by the way. I want to revisit that. Uh, when we were having our technical issues when we first went live, Murph talked about one of the negatives was the field. They had a soccer game there, whatever. But I will tell you, because I was there that whole first season for every game during COVID. Uh, and then last year, if you look at it, for whatever reason, I think one of the questions, and, and I don't mind, I don't know, I'll, I'll ask the Raiders PR team, because the turf at Allegiant Stadium, as beautiful as that facility is, it's had issues all along. There's great games when it looks great, but there's also a handful of games where you're like, wait a minute, this should not be this way. Uh, especially because you can have injury and all sorts of things. But to me, that stuck out again. But I don't think it's surprising because I think it's an ongoing issue. Yeah, and then don't they have like four different kinds of turf you could put in there? Like they got <laughs> they got like fake ones. They got a couple real ones. They got ones yeah. for show. They got all like, so you would think like at a minimum, just put in the like the 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 artificial turf, you know, if you have a, yeah. a problem with the natural grass. I don't know. That was just, that was kind of funky. And I know it's the preseason and they said that they'll like resod it or whatever, but I'm with you, man. Let's like with you got a billion dollar facility. That's like, you know what I mean? Like, don't, you know, build this big old nice house. Don't like cheap out on the hardwood floors. You know what I mean? Like, go for oh, it. Yeah. You know, so um, oh, yeah. uh, something else that jumped out at me though is that do you guys like um do you remember Josh McDaniels ever being this feisty? Like, no, or was that just because he was under the the Belichick umbrella? But like, you know, we heard him hollering at Malcolm Kuntz in practice that one day, you know, dropping F-bombs on. This is now two weeks in a row. We've seen them all met. Like, he was pissed off that we didn't get the ball into the end zone on that, that first, first drive. And yes. that's awesome. Like, to me, again, the, that to me, like, that's raidery. That's passion. That, like, that feistiness. That's Madden on the sideline, hollering at officials. Like, that stuff. I love seeing that kind of stuff. And I don't ever remember him being like that before. And Mo, I, I, I echo Murph's sentiment there, too. And I know this goes back to the point you've been making for weeks, which is focus and discipline, right? It's about focus. And so to him, I, I think, Murph, I'm reading it as Josh McDaniel says, OK, if we get to the four yard line and we got first down and we can't get the ball in the end zone, what the F is going on? Which is what, you know, lip reading I did. I could see he was saying, uh, but Mo, that's part of the whole same process, is it not? Yeah, and Brandon Bona, I think, described it best. He said, "What's the, they asked him, what's the difference between Joshua Dance as an offensive coordinator and as a head coach? And he said, it's comparable to your older brother being in charge of the house when your parents go away. <laughs> a little more bass in the voice, a little more in charge, and I think that's what you're seeing on the sideline. But there are two things I wanted to, I wanted to point out about the defense, because I know a lot of people are going to talk about how poor the run defense was at some, at some point. But I tweeted this. The Raiders were pretty good on third down. Vikings were one of seven on third down conversions. So the Raiders were able to hold, uh, force the Vikings to settle for field goals. And the other thing I saw earlier that a lot of people didn't pick up, John Abram was attacking the pocket. Yes. And that's what I, something I, I said on a previous show that I want to see Patrick Graham use John Abram on, on blitzes because he's quick enough and he has the physicality to do that. And you saw that early in the game. 
No doubt. That was incredibly encouraging. And and you said last week, Mo, on our show, he is a box safety you rush the passer with. That's who Jonathan Abram should be, can be, and will excel at. And so they did that tonight, which was very encouraging. Uh, I want to get into a non-game related um, situation, and I'm going to sh- I'm going to flash up uh, our longtime listener Corey Sanford uh, talked about the Darren Waller issue. So uh, this, and it's it's cutting off the comment here on our thing, but it says. Darren Waller attended the Aces game, was not at Allegiant Stadium. McDaniels asked about it in postgame, tried shooting it down. Is there something to be concerned about? I want to get your guys' take on that. I understood he, it was an excused absence for him, by the way. That is officially from the team. He was excused from the game, and he went to the Las Vegas Aces game across the street to see his new girlfriend, by the way, Kelsey Plum, who plays guard for the Las Vegas Aces. Um, and if you watched Bussin' with the boys, you know he talked about he'd been in the relationship for three weeks. That's who he's in a relationship with. Um, I, I'm not I'm not breaking any secrets. He they, They've been t- photographed together in public. Um, and and But Darren Waller, you read that, and yes, there's a game at the same time. He does have an excuse. I can understand why fans would be like, what is going on with that? I don't think it's any big deal, but Raider Nation wants everybody all in on their team, Murph. Uh, so do you do you understand why some fans are probably maybe put off by it? Yeah, I could see, and I think it, at at first glance, it's it, it's it's certainly like it, the optics of it uh, mm. aren't great. But then if you think about though the greater picture though, and this is what I always try to do is like just think about like you know gets outside of my own little box of fandom. Um, Mark Davis owns the Aces, and mm. they want to have good attendance, and they're the number one seed in the WNBA playoffs. And it looks really cool when your starting tight end superstar player in the NFL is sitting courtside. I don't, I'm assuming that's what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, I think that from a marketing aspect, you know, it's a non-consequential game. He's going to be the starting tight end and we're going to get a deal done for him hopefully very soon. Like, so it's not like he's fighting for a roster spot or whatever. I, he's, you know, he's a veteran guy. Like I, I, don't, I don't, and I didn't even know about the relationship. So like that makes, that makes pretty good sense to me that that would all kind of, you know, the confluence of all of those things makes sense to a Mark Davis to be like, yeah, man, let the guy go across the street and go see his, his girl play. So I don't yeah. think it's that big deal. And he was at their last game, by the way, donning a San Diego Padres cap. So, you know, he's got good taste in baseball or bad taste. And, you know, I've had to put up with that pain for years and years. <laughs> um, but Mo, when you look at this and I think Murph talks about with optics, absolutely. I get it. And if, if there wasn't any, um, excuse for it, and if there wasn't any official word about it, then I would be more concerned. But I think fans keep trying to find discord here when I don't think there is any. If you yeah. listen to what he said on the Bussin' with the Boys podcast, he said, hey, my agent's taking care of the contract. So why do people want to make up this kind of negative narrative that there's contract issues? No, they're talking about a contract. It takes time, and they're both not in any hurry. Yeah, from a fan base perspective, I get you want your one of your star players there for for the camaraderie, as Murph talked about earlier in the show. The camaraderie looks good, but I mean, come on, he he wasn't gonna play. I'm sure he and Josh McDaniels had a conversation about it. And Josh McDaniels was like, "Yeah, Mark Davis owns the Aces. Go see your girlfriend. You know, go go enjoy the <laughs> go enjoy the day." I don't think there's any conflict there. And to your point, Scott, I, it's one thing after another with the buzz with Darren Waller. It's not coming from him. It's coming from some fans. First, it was. Are we going to trade him? Because he didn't put his all in at the end of the season. He was milking his injury, and he didn't come back last year mm-hmm. till the end, blah, blah, blah. Then that faded. Then it was, oh, 
is he going to be back? Because his contract, he wants a new deal. He got a new agent now. Is he, you know, is he pushing for a new deal? Josh McDaniels, I mean, he, he has shot that down. He said, you know, I'm here to play. I'm not worried about my contract. As Merce said, I'm letting my agent handle it. Now him not being at the game, here's some people talk about that. Oh, he's not at the game. Blah, blah, blah. I just think it's it's just a lot of offseason noise. I'm not worried about Darren Waller. He's going to be on the field week one to play, yep. and that's all that matters right now. You know what Absolutely. cracks me up is that, like, it's always so funny. Like, I swear, so like some Raider fans, they, they don't think that these folks talk. You don't think Mark <laughs> Davis is talking to Josh McDaniels and Dylan, Darren Waller is not talking to Mark Davis. And Josh, like, there's right. communication going on inside the building, and it, it drives me nuts when people think that there's, like, this, like, discord and there's this distance. They're all talking yeah. to each other every effing day. It's yeah. like, how often do you talk to your coworkers? You know what I mean? Like, and so it's so funny to me when people try to like make these little like narratives and create this drama around it. Like, let's just celebrate the idea that, hey, guess what? We got a Raider team that there is no drama. What a concept. You know what I mean? Like, oh, let's yeah. just freaking relish in the idea that we got a, a healthy, functional, you know, freaking organization. Like, because I mean, all you got to do is look, I mean, somebody posted on Twitter this week um, about Lane. It was an anniversary of Lane Kiffin marching out Sebastian Janikowski for a 76 yard field goal. Think back to those days and the overhead projectors and all that. That was <laughs> some rough days as a Raider fan. We were yes. long past all that stuff, Raider Nation. So don't let this little stuff, man, get don't get caught up in it. It's just like it's PMZ stuff. Don't 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 do it. Right, and it might be some for some longer suffering fans, uh, PTSD or something, and they're just <laughs> expecting things to go wrong. But you 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 bring up a great point about Murph talking about how. Uh, talking to your coworkers, but it's, it's, it's equivalent of, Hey, I got a brand new boss and I'm going to take an unexcused day off and not tell them like who does that. Right. And expects to keep their job. And who does that? A guy who's celebrating five years of being uh, sober, who, who went out this week and talked a lot about it, inspirational stuff all week long. Uh, he's in a really good spot. So why would he do that? But but again, the optics of it, no question. I get it. Okay, guys, before we close out this segment with Murph, Murph, I want to hear from you. Okay, so we've been through two games now with the Raiders. Again, you want the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to preseason football. This is where you get the kinks out. So when you hit week one, you're ready to go. Between now and next game on next Saturday, what do you expect? What are the top two things you want to see progress on, improvement on from this Raider team? Wow. So, gosh, that's such a great question because I feel like it's going to depend on what personnel group that we have. And mm -hmm. so I would love to see, you know, at some point we got to see Derek and Devontae and you know what I mean? And I know they have yeah. all the chemistry in the world, but at some point we got to see the ones going with the ones like, and, and so that would be something that I would definitely look forward to. Cause I feel that like in these two, past two games really we're looking at, Yes, we're looking at some rookies and we're looking at definitely some positions of need for sure that will be filled by starters. But for the most part, we're looking at just depth of depth. And so I think that it's that that's really what I what I would love to see is that like to start to see some of the, you know, some of our top, you know, level players start getting some reps out there because it Josh McDaniels brought it up about Josh Jacobs so much about how running backs need to start banging a little bit. They got to get warmed mm -hmm. up. Well, Heck, quarterbacks got to get used to people falling around their feet. And like, and I know you get situations like what happened with Zach Wilson, you get non-contact injuries and funky stuff happens, but it's football, man. So like at some yeah. point, those guys have got to get going. I think that it would just be, um, I think it would be good. I mean, I think it would be good for the chemistry of the team. But then outside of that, I mean, I just want to, I think if anything, if I had to, you know, pick on the, on the team for something, 
it's those lack of those impact plays on, on defense that create turnovers, whether that's forcing fumbles uh, by the quarterback or, you know, Jayon Brown had played a great game. It was nice to see him kind of leading the defense um, mm-hmm. here, here in this game. But, like, man, he can't let that ball go through your hands. Like, make that pick. Like, when was the last time we had a, a freaking linebacker that could make interceptions? Like, Kurt Morrison? Like, it's been a long time ago. So, like, it sure would be nice to, like, see, like, some some big you know game changing plays that like the old Kurt Warner says the GCPs right want to see those <laughs> game changing plays happen oh, on yeah. defense man I would really love to see that see that tick up because that's something that's just like it's so massive for your football team man you win that turnover margin and you know you guys know I mean that leads to W's yeah. all day long all day long Murph thanks for that all right Mo for you two things you want to see between now and next week from this team outside of the personnel and Murph mentioned it too, right? Going to sign uh, a right tackle and experienced offensive tackle. Great. But what else do you want to see uh, so that you see this team making the progress it needs to make to get to week one and beat the chargers in a huge game to start the season. I want to see their young cornerbacks play. I want to see them back on the field. Anthony Averett, Rocky Asin, uh, Trayvon Mullen. I want to see those guys healthy because those are going to be your top three cornerbacks and for them not to get any reps during the preseason, then toss them out there against the Chargers, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams on the first week. Those guys need some reps. They need some serious snaps, not serious snaps, but a, a series or two here and there. So one thing I just want to see the Raiders that are banged up, get healthy, get back on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt about that, especially to me, those guys in that defensive front too, where they need help. And to your point, I'll echo the same as you as I want to see that defensive backfield uh, go at it a little bit and see what what they have there because I think there's still some question in how they're going to work together uh, and and whether or not it's going to uh, gel how they need it to for the first week. All right, Marf, we're going to say goodbye, my friend. Thank you so much again for joining us for the Voice of the Fan segment, and we will check in with you next week. Tell people how to find you and how to find your show. Oh man, thank you very much for having me. As always, guys, I look forward to rejoining you next week. And uh, and 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 much respect to everybody. I've gotten so much uh, response from, from from doing this spot with you all uh, on social media and otherwise on our on our YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com/slash Raiders Fan Radio. And you can find our show anywhere, just by any uh, audio podcast service, uh, just by searching. Uh, Raiders fan radio. You can ask your internet connected device. Uh, we'll all take you back to, to our stuff. And yeah, for all of our, we've got a ton of new subscribers and a new um, just like boost to our show listens and everything else and downloads and Twitter followers and all that. And that's because of you two guys. And so I appreciate oh. you so very, very much for having me on here. It's been a blast and look forward to doing it again. We appreciate you too, my man. Thank you again. Again, follow Murph. Raiders fan radio and the gang there. Good, good stuff. And we will bring him on next week. All right, Mo, we now turn. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about this game a little bit and dive deeper on some of the other issues that I saw and that you saw as well. Uh, We'll do that right after this break. You're listening to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere. 